We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, and special guest live from the road at Sea Hold himself, Casey Holdall, checking in from the frigid tundra and the hotel in Denver. De- uh, Casey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. No, thank long you. Time coming. Thanks yeah. for hopping on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> long time I, I've, been, I've been harassing Dan about this for like a year now, so I, I, I feel like I owe some apologies or something. <laughs> for those yeah, Casey, he mentioned he mentioned he was like, yeah, we might have so and so on and so and so on and Casey. And I was like, oh, and he goes, but I think we need to do Casey. And I go, oh, OK. And he goes, Casey might murder me if we go. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, bring Casey on. Let's go. It's cold as hell in Denver. Let's do that. Yeah, exactly. Warm me up. No, um, speaking of being warmed up, Casey is quite late in Denver right now where it is negative 10. Uh, he, we, wow. we had a, a little bit of a late start because Casey's Uber driver decided to try to make him walk 400 feet in the negative weather. And Casey was not about that life, which wow. respectfully, <laughs> if you've never been in the real cold, yeah. And this is, this is your first real experience with the frigid cold. Like you've, you've done road trips to Toronto in January, but like the live negative weather, this is your first experience. Did you get the frozen tear ducts? I walking to the Sam's. I, I didn't get the t- frozen tear ducts, but I had the frozen on my face tears. Kind of like uh-huh. wiping them off. Like it'd be you know they like like sloughs off. It looks like your your skin is kind of coming off or something like because that. Because it but, is. Yeah, because it is because it is. But but yeah, it, it actually I was. It, I've been colder on the road before. I mean, mm. it's never been colder, but like Toronto is right on a lake, so when it's like. 10 degrees in Toronto and the wind is blowing, which it always is. It's pretty cold there. The only time I've ever turned around on a road trip was in Minneapolis. I was going to get dinner. I got like three blocks and they have that squirrel cage in Minneapolis, which basically like mm. you can walk around all of downtown for the most part without going. Covered. Yeah. They, they figured but, it out that they're too damn cold. But for some, I, I think they had closed some of the buildings where I was at. So like you couldn't go through all of them. So I ended up having to go outside and I made it like three blocks and I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, I, I got to go back. I'm just going to have to lump it at the, uh, at the hotel. So, and the other thing, too, I was with Brooke, and Brooke is like, she does not do cold. Brooke weather, is cold so. when it's 70. Exactly. So, which like, is, which the is idea funny, where by it's the like way. Minus 10, it's like, it's going to be work to get her to walk out of the restaurant that we're in, let alone <laughs> another. 400 feet to get to the Uber driver who went to the wrong entrance, by the way. I put the right one down and he went to the wrong one. 
And if I had messed up, you know, I'll probably walk over and get him to drive us over. He was the one that messed up. I was not going to budge on that in minus no. 10. And not so walking, I had to call like three different times. Not walking the football field in that cold. No, Which, not happening. Respectfully, the, you should not. The funny thing is, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, isn't Brooke a cougar? Like, how do you live in Pullman, Washington for college and you can't do cold? You know, she was a younger lady back then. So, you know, I think, you know, we all, well, we all also her blood alcohol content was probably yeah. slightly well, skewed. That, that, that too, probably a little <laughs> I, bit. I, listen, she's a kook. It's so, it's, it's it, I think it comes with the territory. Like it's, it's an accepted medium as, you know, it's, it's a proper blood warming or thinning or thickening technique, right? You would think. <laughs> well, Casey, how's, how's the road treating you guys right now? I know you lost to an OKC, like just. What what's your assessment as being the guy on the road? You're with the team every day. What's your assessment so far on the roadie? Uh, not a great trip for sure. Um, you know, I, I think the the combination of just how much time the team has been out before this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they end up winning games versus the the Spurs and the Rockets, but don't play especially well in either one of those games. Have maybe their worst game of the year versus the Mavs. And then, you know, you lose two to OKC, one in, in pretty heartbreaking fashion and, and the other in semi-heartbreaking fashion. Near heartbreaking. And so you go from feeling like 500 at a minimum, maybe four and two, and heck, maybe five and one or six. No, if we're really playing well, to now we got to win the toughest game on the trip in order to go 500. At the end of a trip, which is usually the hardest one, you know, it's we've been out for 10, 11 days at this point. The weather's not obviously is what it is. Um, you got guys now. I mean, Justice is, has got the the ankle and I'd be pretty surprised if he played uh, versus the Nuggets. So, you know, it's it, it's been a tough one. And, and, you know, particularly coming off having some some pretty good trips this year and particularly playing well on the road. Yeah. You know, I, I think that and, and feeling like you maybe had a little momentum coming off that little homestand. To, to come out and have it kind of go the way that it's been. I think it's been a bit disheartening for guys. And, you know, the other part, too, is just the the notion that, you know, it's near the holidays and we've been mm-hmm. gone a lot. And, you know, this is kind of a thing I don't think people really consider a whole lot. But, like, these guys have families, too, and they mm-hmm. got the same errands we all got to do and the same expectations from the family that we all have. And, you know, the the money helps. But, like, if you're not around to, to do those things, it can it can make it difficult. And I think, you know, Guys, when when things don't go especially well, all those things kind of start to feel feel more prominent than they would if you were playing well and, and winning games. And you know, it was kind of funny. So when we we're flying in yesterday, or when before we left yesterday, knowing that that the weather is coming into Portland, uh, you know, we were talking about the likelihood of getting into Portland Friday night when we we're supposed to arrive. And you know, they're kind of being some concern. They're like, well, if it's freezing rain and it's Portland and we're not real good at dealing with this stuff, are we going to get back? And Dame's like. I don't know what y'all are doing, but I'm getting back to Portland. He's like, my kids are waking up on Christmas Eve morning and I'm going to be there. So I don't know what you guys are doing. I'm getting, I'm getting the heck out of Denver when that game is over. The Adidas so, uh, plane will get there. Exactly. Yes. And I'm like, Hey man, I'll sit in the luggage hold. Like I put my jacket on, like get, get me home too. So yeah. it sounds like, it sounds like it's going to be okay. Uh, I'm hearing some, some good things on the forecast, but uh, yeah, to, to answer your question, Brandon, it's been a, it's been a bit of a rough one. I would say. Yeah. All right, the the losses themselves, like we we can dive into that, but you're you're obviously around the team and you can kind of see what's going on on the floor from watching this team this year at home every game and being around these guys versus this road trip. One of the things that stood out to me, particularly over the last two OKC games, and I think it started really in the Dallas game, is that you can see some guys are pretty frustrated with themselves. 
I think you've seen it from Ant. I think you've seen it from Dame. I think you've seen it from Josh. I think you've ju- seen it from just about everybody over the last three or four games where, I mean, Ant was probably more pissed off the other day about a non-call than I've seen him maybe ever. Dame got teed up twice in back-to-back games at OKC. Jeremy, who normally says nothing, was campaigning for one. Justice also. Chauncey, I mean, it's... There's, I mean, losing, like, obviously boils this stuff a little bit. But does it feel like something's just, like, it? the gears aren't lining up and not meshing real well right now? Yeah, it, it does feel that way to, to me, Dan. And, and you're right. Like, I think I think guys are just frustrated that they're not playing as well as they feel like they should be. And, again, when you, particularly when you're away from home, it's like you feel like you should be accomplishing something. And when, you're, when things aren't going especially well, and I agree, like, I, I feel like, Ants in a lot of these games kind of getting off the slow starts, and you can kind of, you kind of see it on you them a little it. bit. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think part of that is just you know just having played so many games and and been gone for so long. Uh, you didn't mention Josh as well. I mean, Josh is always kind of mad about stuff. Josh but is always kind of a red out. He, he got he got a, a technical in that mm-hmm. Mavs game, and he was talking to uh, I can't remember who gave it to him at, at halftime. And Fernando and I were walking back to our seats. And we just kind of sat there, stood there, and listened to it. Josh basically being like, "You're really going to take money out of my pocket for that? Like that's that that is of a level that you feel like was was something that I need to be additionally for, punished yeah. for." And so I, I think everyone is just kind of feeling like a little a little raw right now, and mm-hmm. that that kind of happens again, like for everyone when you're on the road for a while, and again, then guys kind of start having some injuries and. You lose the first game to Oklahoma City, which you felt like should have won. And then the next game, you shoot nine free throws, and they shoot 27. And so you're pissed off about that. I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, so I'm the only one that's that's out covering the team right now. And, you know, I work for the team, so, yeah. you know, that, that means something different sometimes. Uh, no quotes out of last night because – I couldn't put anything out there that guys were telling me because I didn't want to get anyone fined. And guys were like, I want to talk. It was one of those games where guys were like, no, I want to get fined. Well, I mean, Damon Nurk both retweeted one. Yeah, exactly. And and I think they did that because like, they wanted to say something out there, the stuff they wanted to talk about. Cause I'm like, look guys, like, I got your best interest in mind here. And like, you don't want that $25,000 fine. Yeah. So, and especially during the holidays, you know. Listen, if they want to donate, I'll send them the Venmo. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I, so when it when you lose in that fashion and you don't feel like you're necessarily getting a fair shake and you've been gone for a while and you played a lot of road games and you're in one place for four days that no one really wants to be in and and again, like you're just not getting the results you feel like you should be getting and you kind of keep having late game mistakes that are hurting your chances of winning games. You know, those are the kind of things that I think do wear on a team. And, you know, I'm, and I don't want to give the impression that these guys are like beside themselves right now because they're really not. Like, you know, in the locker room as well last night, like people were pissed off, but, you know, you get on the plane, you brush it off and, you know, you feel okay about it. But I, I do feel like at this point, they're kind of, they're waiting for something to click right now, you know, or just something to kind of, mm-hmm. to, to lock in. And I think, particularly on the defensive end, they just can't seem to kind of, grab what little success they were having earlier in the season. Like the zone just doesn't seem to be having the same pop it had earlier in the season. Chauncey's not even going to it nearly as much. And and and, and that's the other part too. It's like, part of me is like, I feel like I'm not really using it a whole lot because I'm really trying to pay attention. And I'm not down. seeing it. And maybe they're changing it up to a, an extent where I just don't kind of notice it, but I, I agree. Like, I feel like they're, they're kind of not going to that as much as they were before. 
And uh, I think it just kind of results in, in guys feeling a little, little crummy about things. So again, I think, you know, if you're able to, I mean, heck, if you, if you, if you win the Denver game and you get it to 500, you, you come back on to home feeling, feeling, feeling like, okay hey, we, about it. We, we didn't do what we wanted to do, but that we, we got our lick back from, from losing the, on the buzzer beater. And we got to 500 against a good Northwest division team that's above us in the standings. But, and you, know, you, and yeah. you secure five uh, the split of the season series, and, and exactly, and you and you get the split of the series. So, and, and even that's a that's a big ask. But you know, they're they're going into this game with a day. Game off, six but. on day ten, after back to back basically buzzer beating losses in the twentieth road game of the season in minus ten at elevation. Am I missing anything? That's uh, that <laughs> sounds about, and, and also with the specter of maybe or maybe not getting to go home that oh, night, and probably yeah. without probably without justice too. And probably without an almost very, very much a possibility without justice. Listen, his well, leg turned into an L. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't expect him to play. Yeah, you, you don't see guys typically getting carried off by the trainers on one arm no. and then playing the next game. No. So, uh, Casey, you know, I, 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 the Oklahoma City thing, by the way, I've been in that city four times. I've been on record before. I'll say it for you. It sucks. I hate it there. I, the last time I was there, I was like, why did I get back here again? How did this happen in my life? Why does life? this exist? Yeah, I, the only yeah, thing, yeah. Again, the only thing I'll say about Oklahoma City is the people there are nice. Like, yeah, I, sure. I, I really want to make it known that, yes, it's not my kind of city. There's <laughs> not a whole lot going on. But the people that you meet in the arena yeah, are nice. Yeah. And, oh, actually, yeah. and the woman who does their commissary there uh, is a firecracker. Like, she busts chops to the nth degree. She's Love hilarious. That. Sure. She cracked something about Brooke about getting fat, like and it, <laughs> Jesus. And which which she she I mean it busted her up. Like there there are very good people who yeah. work in that works. And and I want to shout them out too for being so gracious when Dane passed the record. Like right. they did do a great job with it. I did not expect that. I like to think that we in Portland would be as gracious about it if she was on the other foot. I don't, I don't know, know if I don't know if we would do that to I a franchise we that we no, well, I think we would. Dame did just destroy that franchise. Like there's well, their GM, their GM chose to, to destroy that franchise. Let's be clear here. Dame destroyed it, and then he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to keep destroying it. I'm just going to keep <laughs> adding on to what you did to but us." But let to recognize Dame, considering Super what classy. Dame did to that franchise yes. just yeah. a couple of years ago, is more than I think above asking price. Of yeah. an NBA franchise. Yeah. I mean, I, there, <laughs> I, <laughs> I got a DM from a former player who, uh, on a team that we recently played, who was basically like, are these guys going to get tribute videos when they come back? Because I didn't get a tribute video when I came back. And if these guys get one, I'm going to be plenty pissed off about it. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. But, but so the idea being that like, <laughs> We at times we haven't even celebrated the guys who have come back who were important players in our history. And so for another team to be like, this is a guy who's been pretty hard on us throughout the years for not only for I mean, for the organization to do it is great, but I would kind of expect that I, for the fans to to cheer it and to not boo. And to generally like to stand up and give them the salute. Exactly. For a, a like, lifetime yeah. achievement. Cool. Like, and then that's... You, you guys read Barry Trammell's uh, column. No, I, I didn't see it. So basically, he wrote a whole column that was like, Barry you guys should love Damian Lillard because this is the guy that is doing the thing that we would hope our guys will do yeah. when their time comes. Yep. And he's swimming against the tide, and he does all these things, and everyone's always in his ear about he should be doing something else, and he's never done it. And for an organization like Oklahoma City 
in a somewhat similar situation with a guy like SGA, mm-hmm. this is the kind of guy who you should be supporting and respecting because he's done it the right way, which I thought, again, was like, was a pretty nice thing to write, particularly from the guy, you know, Mr. Unreliable for Yeah, uh, mostly for trashes Durant. the guys. So, like... Yep, Mr. Unreliable to KD, and it was the guy who Russ did not answer questions for for, what, four years? Yeah, uh, up to including that playoff series that mm-hmm. I was at, that that became like a real thing in, in Mary that, Trammell, uh, the Oklahoma series. Yeah, yeah, Russ, next. Yeah. So I. So again, it's you know, and, and I also think too, like, the, and this is probably I don't think the team is thinking about this, but I know that we've been thinking about it. That like, so with Dame's whole thing, like, that the set of circumstances probably couldn't have been worse. Like from being on the road to end up losing to the way he lost. Like even like I was talking to our equipment guy. He was like, the fact that we were able, even able to get the ball from that game after they won on a buzzer beater took basically an act of faith in God for us to be able to grab that ball. Because because it normally would go, they want to keep it like, you know? And so like, so basically it couldn't have played out in any less of a kind of poetic fashion. Which again, I think just kind of speaks to just kind of where this team is at right now. Which is like they're just not getting any the, those breaks they were getting earlier on in the season. They are not getting now, and they're not getting them all at once and all at the same time. This is maybe go ahead, Brandon. Well, your your mic's all weird. I don't know. It's got a weird fuzz to it. Interesting. Can you hear him, Casey? No, I can't. Yeah, I, I can't hear you, Brandon. Yeah, Check. and it went. It was. It did that thing where it like sounds it, like everyone's talking at once. And yeah, then, and then it completely went out. It might be Zoom acting up. Might need to. Be I guarantee it's me. <laughs> it's, it's me for sure. What about now? There you are. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, I sidetracked my question by commenting Oklahoma City. So you kind of touched on it there, Casey. Like he breaks the record. I, I just. You know what threw me off about it was it was just very undame like. I'm not used to Dame having a moment that is um I don't want to say ruined cuz it's such an achievement but like a free throw, not a logo 3. You know what I mean? Not a game winning shot. It just, it just didn't lock in. I think yeah. that's yeah. It didn't register I, I, the same way. That's that's a very good point, Brandon, because it, it much of his career has been about like the right thing happening pointed at the right moments time. yes exactly yes yes and to go from like kind of that being the story of his career to reaching this big milestone and then it going the exact opposite way again it's just you know you you know you're going to get some of those at a certain point in time but it's like could we at least just gotten one thing that, that worked out like <laughs> could we have won the game or could have been at home and we lost or right. could, you know like any number if that could have been on a three or or a two, or just not a free throw, like anything. So, and I think that kind of, again, that's kind of a, a decent encapsulation of this trip because it's like, yeah, is it is it a, still a good thing? I mean, like you won two games, so you could get to five hundred. That'd still be pretty good, but it's just not the thing it feels that you weird. were hoping it was going to be. Maybe this is unfair, but one of the things that I've been wondering that. Maybe this is, I don't, I don't want to say it's impacting the team, but this thing that's been hanging over them for a month or longer is the return of Gary Payton II. And that defensive need and that juice, could his return possibly speculative in the next week or so, could that be something that helps right 
the disjointedness because they need a firm kick in the ass. I I think we all kind of agree. And I think Gary's the kind of guy, his personality, his play style to maybe be that guy. Cause in the ebb and flow of 82 games and crazy enough, we're at 32 right now. We're almost halfway already with tomorrow after tomorrow night, the Blazers will have played 20 of their 41 road games, like, which is absolutely insane to have half your road games played by Christmas. But do you think Gary's return or pending return is that enough to kind of kick it back into what felt like what things felt like a couple of weeks ago? I think it could be, and I think that's the kind of thing that they need to happen in order to to have an opportunity to at least shake that off. And and that's not to say that's necessarily going to play that way. But yeah, I, I do think the idea that like if you have if there's something out there that you feel like could help you or could change the way that you play, and you're kind of waiting on that. I, I do think there's a certain level of, of it, it does shake you a little bit out of whatever it is you're doing. And so I, I think you'd even take away like the actual skill portion of it. The idea that like, yes, could they, could they use a, a defender right now? Absolutely. Yeah. They could. I mean, they're multi, I mean that last game, it's like, yeah, who, who's going to end up on SGA at the end of a game. If everyone's healthy, it's like, it's a pretty good chance. It might be Gary. Same with, with, you know, the, the loss to, to Denver. Who's going to, who's going to be on a, uh, Jamal Murray yeah probably Gary or at least a a guy another option to have and so Mm -hmm. I I think that when you have something like that out there even if it's not necessarily like this is going to fix our defense from a locker room perspective and from an on-court perspective I think the guys look at that and they're like yeah like this this could be something that's going to help us this will at least help us play a different way it'll mix things up a little bit you know and I would it hasn't been stagnant this year because guys have kind of been in and out you know dame's in and out of the lineup from from time to time guys have has injuries nurk kind of in and out jeremy's missed a couple games here and there as You've well had 13 guys but, active for most yeah. of the year so so it's not exactly like you know they're they they're kind of stuck in a rut in fact i would say they're not but it, it just having something that changes the dynamic mm-hmm. i think helps a lot and also too like i again outside of like a skill thing you know gary is a guy in the locker room that i think people respect and they they like and he's got a great way about him but until you're playing like it you can't really bring it like it, it, it's one of those things about the nba where, where it's like if you're not playing you gotta just kind of keep your mouth shut like you can you can pipe in here and there but like we call this the festus azili exactly like it's one of those things where it's like you gotta <laughs> you, you unless your boots are on the ground like I don't want to hear you talking about how the MREs taste bad. Like, yeah. you know, like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to need your pole gas back at the base to go ahead yeah, and just yeah, yeah, chill yeah. for a bit. So, so I, I do feel like it when, when he's able to come back, hopefully it's sometime soon uh, that, that, that will at least give them an opportunity to, to not reset so much, but just to, just to kind of mix it up a little bit, both on the court and then the locker. That juice. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Casey, things you've observed from the start of the season to this point, um, just watching Dame and Ant, right? Ant gets the contract. He's the dude. It's Dame. It's Ant. It's the backcourt. What 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 would have kind of been your 30,000-foot observations from afar the entire way through seeing those two guys so far? I think it's looked pretty good. I, I do feel like Ant is still kind of figuring out kind of how he how he fits into that thing. And and I think part of that is, is just because there, there is some overlap between kind of what the two of those guys do. I think part of that is a bit of a reverence that Ant probably has for Dame and and really wanting to kind of make sure that he's not kind of stepping on his toes a little bit, though that's that's not a concern. I mean, they have such a great relationship and, you know, that 
they want success for the team. So it's not like it's like I need my shots or you need your shots. And I mean, obviously, Dame having having split a backcourt with CJ for all those years, like that's a lot more responsibility to make sure that everyone's kind of getting theirs than it is with Ant. So, you know, I, I think it's worked out pretty well. I, I do feel like particularly when you got Dame and Ant and you're and you're starting Josh, you know, you're you're always kind of starting off from a little bit of a of a size deficiency, which I think we've seen from time to time can can be problematic. Some teams have, you know, the, the good offensive rebounding teams have have offensive rebounded well against Portland. And and that's even with Josh being absolutely dominant the best on the boards. Under six six rebounder in the, the NBA. The best, best guard NBA rebounder for sure. And so, you know, like they're able to to make it work. But I feel like that's something where, you know, it's it's not exactly kind of what the ideal situation. And I, I think as Dame and Ant kind of get a better rhythm together offensively. I think that that kind of makes up for that a little bit. I also feel like too, that, that, you know, kind of some of the playmaking, the ant really seemed to make progress on last year has, you know, when you get Dame back, you kind of just take a step back because, you know, you got another guy out there. And I feel like that's something that, you know, if he could get back to a little more of that, it would probably behoove everybody. So I think, I think it's worked out pretty well. I think that there's definitely been growing pains. uh, And I think that, Again, uh, being able to insert a guy like Gary into a lineup where you have those two guys and can kind of play a different way and have someone else checking some of those guys uh, on the perimeter, I think that probably helps that situation as well. So uh, it's been good, but I, I think there's there's definitely some room for growth. Got a couple questions that came in. <clears throat> I thought that this was pretty poignant and it'll kind of lead us into our next spot. Uh, this is from at Keegan Spanlove. He goes, do we all just need to collect a breath and be realistic about where this team is? I think for the season, if you told me they were 17 and 15 at this point, I wouldn't be mad. A lot of frustration is from losing some games that they could win overall, but it's not surprising. If I told you at 32 games that they would be 17 and 15, and I told you Dame was going to miss, what, 15 games? Something like that, yeah, a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, three, uh, I think it was 12, 12 to 15, something like that. And that they were two games over 500 with that schedule. What would you say? I feel pretty good about it. I, I do think, though, that I think it's incredibly fair to have your expectations change when the team plays better. Like, I, I I agree with the notion of it. And, yeah, like, I would not have counted them at 17 and 15 right now. I, I In my initial count, I probably had them under 500 at this point. So, you know, I, I do feel like, yeah, they've made they, – they've done some really good things. They have a lot of reason to, to be happy with where they're at particularly because they haven't played especially well lately. So I feel like, you know, there, there's definitely some some ability to, if they're able to kind of catch a, a streak a little bit, that they can maybe maybe kind of push and do something. But yeah, like generally, I would not have expected them to to play this well, obviously, to have this record at least. Obviously, you know, the, the folks in Vegas would not have picked that as well. And I generally tend to pay attention to what they what they talk about things because I, I know that they have intel that uh, is is good and better than what most of us have. So I, I, I do feel like I don't feel like there's a ton of animosity or like frustration among fans right now. I mean, I know there's some, and on a night to night basis, you know, you would expect it. You lose games that you feel like you shouldn't lose. Losing two to OKC amplifies. Yeah, exactly. You should, you shouldn't have lost two to OKC. I mean, period like that, that 19 and 13 looks a lot better than 17 and 15. Exactly. You, you, you should not have lost both those games to Oklahoma city. And, I think after you drop the first one, you're like, oh, no, we'll, we'll get the second one. Like, we're going to get that next one. And so the fact that they didn't like that, that's cause for people to be upset. Like, it, it just is. And I don't think people should, you know, be 
you know, taking shots at guys or anything necessarily, but it's, it's understandable why you would feel like, Hey, like that was a missed opportunity. And for a team that is going to have to fight and scrap for, for everything, particularly going down the stretch this year, like you don't want to look back in December and be like, boy, if we had gotten one of those games in Oklahoma city, we'd be, you know, in fourth or fifth rather than seventh or eighth. So I, I, while I agree that they are in a much better position than I would have expected right now, I also think it's still legitimate to look at things on a night to night basis and say, no, that, that should have gone better than that. And particularly when you lose the way that they have in some of these games where it's like, you just make a lot of mistakes at the end of the game. I mean, and Chauncey even mentioned the post game last night. He's like, you know, we're up like four or five with two minutes to go. Like we should win that game. Like period. Like that we made so many mistakes at the end that, yeah. Should we have shot more than nine free throws? Yeah, we should have, but we were still up in that game in crunch time and we lost and we shouldn't have. So like that, that's the kind of thing where if people are upset about that, it's perfectly legitimate. You, you, it's it only makes sense that you would be upset about that if you want a team to win and you have again like realistic expectations winning one game in oklahoma city is a very realistic expectation it doesn't happen then yeah i i don't, I don't see any reason why people can't look at that and be like no i expect more the, from this team than that and the funny thing too casey about that is if, if if they were able to take care of both those games they'd be in the four seed right now like it's only a two-game gap exactly. from where they are the west is it's got some good teams, but I don't know how truly difficult the West is. And it, I think that leaves some wiggle room for you to struggle a little bit and maybe and dig yourself out of a hole. I was at the last Denver game when I, I – I mean, I was drunk. I thought Dame won the game. I was going on happy. <laughs> and Jamal Murray hits a hell of a shot on a great move. They, they, since that game, I mean, they've taken off a little bit. They found themselves. Jokic is getting back in MVP form. Murray's starting to look like himself. Uh, you know, I know it's the end of the road trip. There's no guarantees that a win is coming. I just – what you saw in that last game and the way it was kind of going felt like Portland had it. They were up double digits in it. Denver comes back. What did you like that they did in that game that they can bring back? And then what worries you that you say you got to correct that from what they did in the last matchup to allow Denver to come back and take that game? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, one, I, if I recall, they kept Jokic generally in line. Like, I don't feel like he had a huge game. Game, that game one, one I, they they. Kept game one, they did. The game, game two, two in he Portland, he, he ate him alive. Yeah, he did. Okay, so yeah. I, I was getting it mixed up because in my yeah. head I was like, Nurk played him really well, those, those but he just hit shot after shot. Has some problems, and I and I one of the feel one of the things I feel like I remember from at least one of the two games in Denver was like that was a really good Nurk game. It was, first, and that was the game. That was yeah. the game. He, Jokic ended up having like thirty five and twelve, but, but Nurk had his best game of the yeah, year. Nurk right. had like twenty yeah. so, uh, twenty two so and eleven or something like that. Yeah. So that's part of it. It's like if you're going to have success against a team like Denver, Nurk has to play well. Yeah. So like one, you hope he's able to play. I, I assume he is going to play. And two, you hope to get something similar from him as you got in one of those two games. Um, and I, I think, too, they generally, I think until the fourth quarter, did a pretty good job on Murray as well. So yep. I, I think, again, like I basically you need to take the first three quarters of that game and extend Bottle it, it up to exactly and like and again i feel like that's that has been kind of a theme for this team in their losses this year which is like and i think i wrote this at one point in time that like if it was a 46 minute game blazers are straight like which they'd is have weird like because the fourth wins. quarter is like one of their best net rating right quarters. but but it seems like there's like those last two minutes in a lot of the games they end up losing just everything goes the wrong way and you know you you had 
you know, you, you have Jeremy hit the shot, you know, in Phoenix to win that game. And, you know, you have Ant hits the, you know, the, the hook, hook shot over, in, Mikhail. To, over Mikhail. So you feel like you kind of, you got some, some luck or things went your way a few times there. And it just feels like in late game situations, it hasn't gone your way. And so Brandon, to, to your point, you know, I really feel like they really need to, whatever it takes to make sure that like you are on your P's and Q's in like the last five minutes of the game. And if you're up, you're not letting them go on like a seven Oh run to tie the game or to get within one, you know, those are the kind of things for me where like, I don't know if it's even execution. It's just like, you can't dribble your ball, the foot, the, the ball off your foot and have Lou Dort get a dunk, you know, like yeah. those are the kind of things. You can't have like, Josh and Dame run into each other, run into yeah. each other. You can't have an inbounds pass. The tip that realize yeah. someone behind yeah. him. Like, again, it's just these, these small, like maybe even loss of focus things. And I don't even know if I would call it that, but just the, whatever the thing is that results in kind of dumb mistakes that aren't forced getting rid of whatever those things are is what they need to do in order to have success, particularly against the good teams that are always going to, to charge on you. And I would say that's Brandon, to your point about kind of there being no team in the West this year that, that has kind of taken that step forward. I completely agree. And, and one, I think that's one of the reasons why when fans get, get upset about things, it's like, well, yeah, if there was like three teams that were obviously better than everyone else in the West, then yeah, you know, losing games here and there probably doesn't matter all that much because we're not on their level. But when there's no team that does that, I think fans are like, well, in theory, that could be us. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I'm going to take it a bit harder when it doesn't go that direction. And, you know, I, I guess the other part too there is that, you know, you, you kind of expect that at some point in time, you're going to get some of those games against the teams that you play pretty close, but then end up losing those games too. And they just haven't got there. Yeah, so I think that, again, that's kind of what you need to do better is just the small things initially. And then if you still lose the game, okay, like, but if we're going to lose games, it shouldn't be because we're having unforced turnovers in the last 30 seconds that basically take away possessions that result in. You're not even getting the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, like. And that's actually been kind of the string is that they're. In a lot of these losses lately, you take the Dallas one, shoot that one into the sun. They, that just that game got Bad sideways night. very Bad quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in some of these other close games, there have been one of the marks markers for me has been is that it's not the failure to execute; it's not executing at all because of uh, Ant deflecting a pass and it going out of bounds and turning the ball over. It's Dame driving and looking to swing it and throwing it into the third row because somebody's not on the wing. They've already gone in the corner. Or Dame didn't read something. It's Josh running into Dame. It's not secure. Like letting OKC get multiple offensive rebounds when you get the stop twice. It's, it's not that they're not hitting a shot or a pass gets deflected or something that an opponent is doing to them. It's taking a shotgun to their own foot yeah. for a lot of these. And before they even get to those points. Yeah, was it the Denver game where they didn't even get a shot at the end because the you know Justice tried to like kind of loft. It was the like point nine in. left, yes. and they tried yeah, to do a and loft exactly. play. And I remember I asked Chauncey, I was like, "Well, what do you think about the execution?" He's like, "We turned the ball over." What do you think I felt about that? <laughs> He's like, "Fair point." But yeah, but, but again, that was the like, one where I tried to give him the silver lining with Nurk yeah, having a good exactly. game. Exactly, like we were we were trying to do the thing where it's like, eh, <laughs> let's see if we can get Chauncey to to be to be no, happy about this no, at all. That man was not, not having that. it. 
Yeah. Former so, pro athlete happy about a loss. Good good idea. Yeah. So so exactly. It's the point where it's like, yeah, it's never you never want to lose, but if you lose because you didn't do something you should have done, then okay. If you don't even have the opportunity to do that thing, mm-hmm. then you feel like you're you're spinning your wheels. And and those are the ones that I think guys get bothered by the most. We're, what what question what question, Casey, are you tired of answering? <laughs> you know, I mean I'm to the point now where like I kind of just pick and choose what questions I'm answering. And I felt like earlier in my career, it was like I felt like I needed to be more like <laughs> I needed to answer more questions. And I was much more argumentative than anyways. So like it just kind of fed into that. I haven't gone you know, past I, that stage. I, I mean, in general, I just don't like it. the question. The most general question I don't like is more just like the who could we trade for? Yeah. That's always yeah. the one where it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Let Probably me, no one. Let me but... run down the hall real quick and ask Joe. Casey, yeah, exactly. Casey, we... And it's like, look, like I, I again, I, I know people love trades, like and our fans are great and like they're they're active and they want to they want to know what's going on. So like, so that's the part for me too, where it's like mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, while I, I maybe don't engage as much, I'm also like I don't mind as much either because like I I know that it's a gift to have people. Mm-hmm be interested in what you sure. have to say about things. So, yes. so I try not to like get too frustrated about it. I, and it's not so much the questions for me as much as like some of the comparisons where it's like, man, like, do we have to go there right away? Like, you mean can... like all shade and sharp baby Kobe? Yeah. Or, or well, I mean, that, that, no, that's great. When it's positive, I love it. You know, it's more just like, who does that? Why would anybody do that? Like we definitely not like Mr. Zizili. It's like, come on, man. Like we, yeah, we give the guy a little bit of a break here. Like we just let him be. Can we get to the point where the locker room turns on him first? And the thing too is like our fans are have such are so engaged and therefore have such good memories of things. The little things they remember, man. Our fans are more able to kind of recall things that happened in the past and be like. I see a corollary there, and it's like, yeah, yeah you know, that was like twelve years ago. Heaven forbid somebody gets stuck like, in an elevator again. Yeah, so I like those are kind of the things for me, Brandon, where it's more just like, all right, can we just kind of move past this a little bit? But no. I, but time, but I also as I get older too, like I question my own assumptions about those things now more than I ever did too, and I'm, I'm <laughs> so like with the Dame thing, I was like, is that just like? is that just being a blazer fan? Like, is that just right. where we, we, we live our lives by is that knowing that even when good things happen, it's also going to be with a twinge of kind of crappy things happening. Like maybe like I, I try not to view things that way. Right. But I also, again, I, I try to leave it open a little bit more than I did when I was a, a younger man who felt like he actually knew what was going on. That That's what's funny. Casey is like, I, I had this moment the other day. So I did a, we did a live watch party. Danny was busy. And so it was just me and I had, you know, fans were watching the game. We're watching it together. And I had like four people were like, Hey, what's the latest you've heard on trades. And like, I'm just kind of like in internally, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, dude, I, I'm not a general manager. What, what do you want me to tell you? I think I said everything I, you've heard, I've heard. You know, Vanderbilt, whatever, Nerlens Noel. I don't even remember who it was. And then it's funny because I'm like rolling my eyes. And the next night I'm watching the NBA and I'm watching somebody. And I remember thinking, 
God, I'd love to have him in Portland. Yeah. What would it take? And I'm like, I'm playing, I'm playing this. Like, same that's the guy game. we could use right there. Oh, yeah. I'm like, he would be perfect here. Like, what would yeah, that Yeah, it's going to cost eight draft picks, but I don't know. I mean, right. it's help this team out. Right, right. I started thinking about when you said the, the, the deep recall. I think it was like year two, maybe year three, when the when will the day the Blazers find their point guard of the future? And like the Steve Blake rumors finally went away of like Dame's career. Like that's, that's the recall stuff that people just could not let go of. Sure. Um, we're, we're 32 games in basically halfway point here within two weeks. By the time we get into the new year, we're essentially at the halfway point. Uh, God, is that really it, 32 games right now? 32. Got, yeah. Nine, nine games, more, man. nine more. And you're, you're at there. The first week of January. Cause you're it was halfway. like another three and a half months of the season to go after that point. Like <laughs> well, mid April. Well, we do regular... basically have a two week break now. It's yeah. like it's like eleven days for All Star, yeah. so like guys can actually go somewhere and chill and find somewhere warm and be somewhere outside of Utah. Which also too, like it, it bums me out so much when I remember that like eight years ago the season started like on Halloween mm-hmm. instead of like October fifteenth, mm-hmm. and it's like boy, those those were the days when you know. had another three weeks off season, and now it's like nope, that's gone. They're, they're pushing it, but. Uh, what I want to where I want to go with this is like, what is the, what is one or two like tangible things that you know about this team right now, and what's the one thing that you want to know by the time we get to the end of this like next two three weeks? I'll start with the what I want to know is I want to know that is there any chance whatsoever of this team getting back to being an average defense, like as currently constructed. Can they be a middle-of-the-road NBA defense from an efficiency standpoint? Um, you know, the, the start of the season made it seem like, hey, maybe maybe they can be. And then, you know, it's obviously fallen off since then. So for me, before I'm ready to say that, like, this roster just is going to have to win things with offense, like, I, I, I'd i like to know that for sure. Yeah. And, I, and I, I feel like I don't know that just yet. Um which is kind of a good thing. Like it's better than just being like, no, I know these guys don't have it on the defensive end. I want to jump in real quick because people have heard this from me and I I want them to hear from somebody else. How beat up has this team been the last couple of weeks? Pretty, pretty beat up. I mean, so Josh, (laughs) I think as you mentioned, Dan, like that ankle, I I couldn't believe that he ended up playing when he played like for a week, for a week. I saw him, they were working on that ankle pregame for like an hour. And I was like, there's, there's no way this guy's going to go. And then he missed that, that one game. And I think he was even like, Hey, like I can go tonight. If, if, if you really need me, I think I can get out. There and that was play. Utah. I think, right. I think so. And Chauncey yeah. was like, dude, no, like I saw you. We all saw you there. tried to like, walk. I can't put you out there. Like <laughs> that's it, it's, it would be wrong of me to do that as a human being. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Ant has had some, some issues as well that he's been playing through. Mm-hmm. Um, both Nurk and and uh, Drew have had kind of knocks here and there. Uh, Justice and Jeremy. Justice now is. I mean, he's had things here and there, and and I would expect that he's he. I would imagine he's going to miss some games with that ankle sprain. Uh, hopefully, not too many. And and you know the, the schedule does lighten up here. They play twice next week. So yeah, they, they they do get a nice break for Christmas. So right though, if it's you know if it's a bad enough sprain to wear a boot out of a game, then you know we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, so it's, I mean, they, they have, and, and then you have Gary, you know, like you haven't seen Gary yet. So, you know, I, I, and 
heck, and Keon too. Like, you know, Keon in the hit pointer up yeah. to the start of the season was looking really good, and I feel like it's looked really good since he's come back. Yeah, and and has been a guy where you've seen him playing the last couple of games. And it's like, man, they've they've been missing that a little bit, and you know, particularly when, the athletic juice. Exactly, and kind of when Shaden doesn't have it going, kind of offensively, and you're not willing to kind of roll with some of the defensive issues at that point, like to to be able to get Keon out there to to kind of flip that a little bit, I think has has been great, and really kind of reminds you like why guys were so stoked on Keon to start the season. Mm-hmm. The fact that he missed a month, you know, is that's kind of a big deal for a team that you know they're they're probably still a little bit thin in terms of bench production, and we're down to to one guard or two guards for a couple of weeks there when Dame was still out. So, and we're missing Nasir for another and three weeks. Even talk about Nas. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Who looked like he was turning really a corner and rounding into it. A, yeah. A production guy for this team. So every team gets injuries. It does happen. But now that I've just kind of mentioned it again there, yeah, it's actually been worse than I kind of feel like I've been giving it credit for a little bit. So there there's that. Um, so I've won. I guess one of the things I would like to see is is the the team to get healthy. Yeah. Um, and I would like to. I'd like to see them be a little more. And I think Dan, you kind of talked about this a little bit on Twitter last night. I would like to see them be a little more regimented in their offense. And yeah, you know, I th- I think you know as Dame has kind of become accustomed to playing with these guys, I think he's kind of. I think initially maybe breaking stuff off a little bit earlier and kind of trying to to, to get his own from time to time. So which obviously is very capable of doing so it doesn't, it doesn't bother you at all. But I, I would like to see a little more cohesion on the offensive end. I, and I would like to see guys stop passing up three-pointers. Like, I, I feel like there was like four yeah. instances in the second game versus OKC where I was like, take take it. Yeah. Because you end up swinging it and it Josh. ends up being a contested three-pointer anyways. And it's like, like it defeats the purpose. So, I asked I asked him about it, Okay. And well, and, and I mean, Josh is, is one of those guys. He's, the, he's even said it. Like Josh, Josh is the Josh habitual offender. Up said like, yeah. when, when when we're talking, it was after the uh, the the Miami game, which obviously you know he wins on the three pointer, and Josh is like, you know, we we're kind of pitching it to him as, oh, you know, you're a guy who you know you do all the dirty work and you don't need shots, and he's like. Well, I would like to take more shots, actually. <laughs> and then the next day, Chauncey being like, "Yeah, well, I've been trying to get the guy to take more shots, and he, he just won't do it sometimes." So, so I, but I feel like that's been the case with a couple guys. So, yeah. and just situationally, and I know part of that is, is I know that Chauncey wants him to play a little bit different and wants him to to not have long stretches where they don't kind of get into the paint. And you know, you see a team like Oklahoma City that doesn't have the talent you do, but gets into the paint over and over and over and over again, and is able to find success with it, like you understand where he's coming from, yeah. but I would, I would like to see guys stop passing up what I would say are good three point shots. Hey, Casey, I know this might be ridiculous for some guys in the league, but you've been around this franchise long enough. I think you can pick this up. How much does schedule play into psyche of players or teams? Like I, I'm looking at this schedule and, and we mentioned this road trip, six games, 10 days, you know, freezing cold temperatures, flying back in dicey conditions. You played an S ton of road games. You come back for a game against Charlotte after Denver. You're hoping the team can right some right some wrongs in that game, given what Charlotte's been. And then it's like road game, home game, road, road, road. So I'm more just like, how much peekaboo do players play where they kind of look at it and whether that's, hey, it's Bucks, it's Warriors, it's you know upper echelon, or it's road, 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 home, road, road, road. Like how much the psyche gets involved when when scheduling when you when players look at schedules 
I do think that it is more about where the game is at and less about who the opponent is. I, I and but I but they do think about that a lot. So like the the thing that and particularly this season. So I, I've said this a couple of times and I'll say it again. You know, I'm usually of the opinion that for the most part, like an NBA schedule is about the same. You know, you play 41 and 41. You know, the you can have bad stretches and good stretches, but I'm not a big believer in like NBA strength of schedule stuff. You, ba- you if you're in a conference, you basically play the same teams the same amount of times as everyone else does. And yes, there's rest advantage and things like that, but I, I don't, I just don't buy into it all that much, except for this season. This season, this schedule is trash. Like it is the beginning of the schedule is so freaking bad to have as many six game trips as the team has this year compared to one other team having one and most teams having none having multiple six game trips within a month span. The when (laughs) when when they won the game versus Denver versus Utah in Utah and then the next day played, was it the Clippers at home? Yes, and then whatever went what, back down to LA. Whatever it was, that it, having yeah. a game second night of back-to-back after a road trip, I remember Justice specifically was like, I cannot believe that we're playing tomorrow. It's like, it, it is yeah. astonishing to me that we're playing tomorrow. And then you, and then, then, then you went back out on the road again. Yeah, and then, you're, then exactly, we're there for two days and right back out. And that's, Brandon, like, that's the kind of stuff that I think players pay attention to and that bothers them and has an effect on your play. I mean, opponents, you catch guys at the right time. Sometimes you never know who's going to be in and out of a game because of injuries, particularly nowadays with load management. Like you might, you might be looking at like, boy, yeah, we're going to play the bucks, but it's like, yeah, we're going to play the bucks and they're going to sit Giannis that night. So it's like, I feel like teams typically feel like regardless of the opponent that they're going to win every night what they don't feel like is that they're necessarily coming into every game with a fair shake when they've been on the road for, you know, 13 of 16 games and have played six games in eight nights, you know, like those are the ones that that players I think really do, do notice and starts to, to wear on them a bit. And we've had, again, a lot of those to start the season and you hope it's going to come back to the team in, in the second half of the season. But uh, it's been a, it's been a tough one. And even and you know just as a person you know on the fringes who's not playing like you definitely feel it more both in your work and kind of in your interactions back home as well and like and you're not running three miles a night and again and I and I'm not yeah. doing that and you know obviously the the pay is nice and it, it helps things kind of smooth out sometimes but not always and not particularly like you know. A, if you're if your wife and kids are back home and they're upset that they haven't seen you in a while, doesn't matter how much money you make, like that's still like that strain yeah. is still there. That, that's tough. Yeah, like and again, yeah. and it's just one other thing. And it's not that's never gonna be the difference between a team winning or losing, but it is the difference between like coming out and playing your absolute best on the second night of a back to back versus coming out and feeling like, Man, I just don't know if I got it tonight. So I mean it they they do start to feel it after a while, and typically you don't feel it kind of till later on in the season. They're feeling it now, and I and I get I, and I I feel in my heart that this team needs a break, like they need mm-hmm. to get home. And I said that on the podcast the other day. I was like, maybe that's me projecting a little bit, yeah. But like these guys need to sleep in their own beds for a little bit of time and just just kind of slough this road stench off of them a little bit. 
listen, the Four Seasons is nice, but it's not that custom bed. And again, it's like, and, and during, it's, you know, we weren't home for the holiday season. Like, there's yeah. nothing basically you could have done. No, you guys were in New York for Thanksgiving. You're we're in New York, gonna, and then, you know, we're home for a little bit. And you're then home you're for a day here, two days. Ten days, and you get yeah. back on New Year's or Christmas Eve. So it's like, again, it's these are kind of small, dumb things, but, like, they yeah. they do matter. And, the, and they're the parts of the job, too, where I think generally NBA players feel very blessed to be able to do what they do. But those are the times where you're like, man, this sucks right mm-hmm. now and so and again if, if you're feeling like things aren't going exactly the way you want them to and yeah oh also like kid wants to know why you haven't been home lately like wife wants to know why you you've kind of had to be gone so much like those are it all plays a little bit of a role and it, yeah. it just it's the death by a thousand cuts kind of thing i'm going to add on to that the question i asked you earlier what's the thing that you've seen so far in the first half and, and moving into the next the second half of the season. I know we're still a little we're two weeks away from it. What's the thing in the second half of the season really that you're you're hoping to come out of this as a more than more than just this team this year? If you're put on your GM hat. Now I'm not talking trades or anything like that. What is the thing you hope to take out of this season? Well, I, I guess I, the one GM hat thing I would say is like, if you could get Jeremy locked down, you know, the <laughs> which, which is available here, I believe, January 16th. Yeah. If so I remember like, the date right, that's when he's was gonna, eligible was gonna, for his four year. If I was going to pick any GME thing, that would be, I wouldn't pick trades. I'd be like, if you get that squared away, that'd be super. <laughs> um, you know, I. <sighs> hmm. Because the way Joe phrased this when, when he was on with Brandon and I to start the season, I, I thought it was really interesting that the exact phrase that he used. I'm sure you'll remember this, Brandon. He talked about running the Dame timeline, Ant timeline, Shaden timeline, and he the word he used was reckless. We understand that it's reckless, but it's a risk that we're willing to take to see what we have. Mm-hmm. And it's both, the admi- it's both the admission of that and the risk that came with that. And the way I took that was that this is an evaluation year. Mm. What Whatever you get out of this is a bonus, but how does Dame look with Ant? How does Jeremy look with Dame? How does Jeremy look with Ant? How does Shaden, is he a year away, two years away, three years away? Which guys are building blocks? Which guys are guys that possibly were looking at trading? Which guys are the right culture piece, but maybe they're not right in the timeline for us? And you... You look at that, like if you're taking something away from this season, like what's the thing you hope to be able to say you know about where this team is kind of going into the summer? Yeah. And I know, and I mean, I know that's a ways out. No, no, no. But, but when you put it that way, too, that, it's a, that's a very good question, um, which I typically hate when people say that's a good question because <laughs> typically it's just a way to, to burn some time. But that is a very good question. Um, I think kind of the one of the first things you said there, like, Feeling comfortable that a Dame and Ant backcourt is a sustainable NBA backcourt. I think that's that's probably number one for me. Like it, to know that, like, yeah, these guys can can do it and can do can play at a level maybe in excess of what we got with Dame and CJ. And we rode that for a while and it ended up working out the way we wanted to. That we got, you know, we got semi close, but not close enough. You know, so so really figuring out like, is this a NBA starting backcourt long term or at least you know for 
three seasons, whatever kind of Dame's timeline is. I think that's a that that's a good place to start. Um, I think you know it, this might be a little bit of a cop out, but I think what you have with Gary, like and and how does that work? And is is a Dame Aunt Gary kind of backcourt? Does that does that work for you in the NBA? And is Gary able to play kind of bigger than he is in order to to make that work? So I think that's something that I'd like to see as well. And uh, I'm going to take this back a, a few questions ago because I just thought of the the question that I kind of don't that I'm sick of getting a little bit. And I was kind of going back and forth with someone on Twitter about this the other day. And I think I've gone back and forth. There was Dan a little bit actually as well. Is the why they need why don't they get another backup center? And my thing is always like, look, like it's the NBA in 2022. Like centers get played off the floor in crunch time anyways. Like, mm-hmm. a- am I worried about a center rotation of, of Nurk and Drew just in terms of like, do you need another guy? No, I'm not. Like you can make an argument. Like, do you need better guys? Sure. I guess you could, you, I mean, you could always use better guys. So like, I, I get that piece of it, but the whole like, well, boy, they really need to go out and find another backup center. I'm always like, do they <laughs> like, I look at the teams that are having success right now. Like, is it because, They've got a traditional center rotation where you got a seven footer playing or starting, and then you have another six eleven guy who plays back to the basket coming in off the bench. It's like, no, you don't. You got- DeAndre Jordan is Jokic's backup. Yeah, you. Yeah, well, I mean, so so the one, and actually, and <laughs> no, but I mean, that's like eh, game he's too, by the he's, way, he's he's tall, but that's that's about his only qualification right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give, give me Jared Allen, though, if, uh, if, if, if I had the option. <laughs> yeah. The two of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Casey, my own, I only have one more for you because I, I know you're on the road. It's been a long road trip for you. Um, That's Brandon's way of saying I want to go to bed. No, I'm not going to bed at all. It's Friday night for me. I don't work tomorrow, man. Uh, I just don't have any more basketball questions. <laughs> Good. I, I, I unfortunately I don't think I'll be able to make it on the 26, which is a bummer because I I love those kind of moments. And you know, we'll go back to the Dame question: how weird it was that he didn't get the traditional Dame kind of thing in a moment with his scoring record. Uh, the stat crew on the television put up a cool uh, thing. It was like a graphic, and it was Lillard, but the I was a number one. One, I hope you guys sell that as a T-shirt. I promise you, it would sell out. Uh, to, do you have any idea of what is in store for Monday's game against the Hornets when Dame comes back? And I'm assuming there's going to be a moment where we celebrate. Is there video? Is Clyde? Like, do you have any intel on that? Yeah, there's there's going to be some on-court stuff. Um, there is a, a video with uh, various personalities from around the NBA, uh, and they they got quite a few guys, um, and not just kind of former former Blazer guys too, like former players, former coaches uh, as well, who kind of played an important role in, in Dame's uh, <laughs> career, which he mentioned multiple times when I talked to him. And Tear Bear? Are we getting the Tear uh, Bear? We'll see. Uh... <laughs> yeah, live from Bend, Oregon, baby. Let's go. <laughs> There's a, so it, it's going to be fun. Like the, the yeah. Bosma and his crew have, re- have really been working on it. Um, so from that perspective, it's great. Uh, our marketing guys have really done a nice job this year with kind of coming up with those assets. Our PR staff, which has, you know, kind of changed, flipped over in the past year or so are, are really more engaged kind of from a, from a content perspective. And so they're kind of bringing ideas that kind of we maybe wouldn't have thought of before to, to the fore as well. Um, so it's going to be a fun night. Uh, my only concern is that the Hornets seem to be playing a little bit better these days. So, like, you really need to win that game. Don't, so, don't do it again. 
Yeah, exactly. Don't like, do it again. Take care of business. Didn't they just get waxed by 30 by the Clippers? Yeah, but didn't they just beat someone good, though? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, listen, the last two weeks wins. in the NBA have been yeah, insane. The Celtics wins. lost to the Magic twice in a week. That's true. The Knicks that, just that won me, eight in a row. That was me saying, yes, they have eight wins, Brandon. You're right. Like, <laughs> I, 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 again, I'm just so gun shy now after the OKC trip. That, no, like, I'm, but like, I'm, you, like you, there's been those around, games. Like, I don't trust yeah. anything. The Pacers just gave it to the Celtics. Like, it's stuff. It's, it's happening. It's the Mason Plumley revenge game, too. You yes. can never overlook it. That's true. The, Plum, the plum, do- plum, plum Dog returns. Plum yeah. Dog coming out. All right, Case, we'll get you out of here on that, man. Appreciate you joining us. Um, what are you working on? What do you got coming up? Let it plug plug all the podcasts and, and all the stuff. Yep. Please uh, listen and subscribe to The Blazers Balcony with myself and Brooke Olsendam, a new episode of The Briefcase, which I haven't come with as many episodes that I would have liked on this trip, um, but hoping to do a little bit better on that in the year 2023. Uh, get that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Ford Center blog on trailblazers.com. And uh, follow me on Instagram at Casey Holdall, but don't follow me on Twitter at Seahold because your life will be better for not following me. <laughs> and then uh, episode three of the trail just dropped, right? Yes, it did. Also yes. very good as well. They, they, I mean, Dan, you've we've talked about it a little bit yeah. before. Um, those guys are are doing a great job. And shout out to, to Tristan and Tucker, uh, both those guys out here on the road shooting and shooting endlessly. Every, like every single time there's a meeting <laughs> or an event. Or a guy's having coffee with someone like Tristan like, told me the hours like, of oh, you know, I did like five shoots and three interviews. And it's like, dude, like, <laughs> so, so yeah, those guys have been doing a great job with that. Same with, with, with Garrett and, and, and Dane and Billy and, and my boss, Aaron Grossman's really doing a, a phenomenal job with it. So uh, definitely please check that out as well. I, I think they've, that, that's been, that's something we, we could not have done previously and has not only gotten great buy-in from the front office but has also like the front office is pushed to be like let's do more of this stuff and, and which mm-hmm. you know is really for someone in, in my position is it's always really heartening to hear that so yeah. please watch the trail watch it three times send it to your friends have them watch it four times um i would really appreciate it and yeah, that's no, not even my project. Like, I just know how hard those guys have worked on that. Yeah, no, from the art team, the creative team, the video team, the edit team, everybody. Tristan has he's got two things with him at all times, his camera and his skateboard. Yeah. And that, that dude has been the, – the footage has been tremendous. Yeah. Shout out to Tristan. Turned uh, 33 in Oklahoma City as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the pictures look tremendous. Yeah, we, me, uh, me, Brooke, and, uh, and Tristan were sitting in the bar having a, having a few drinks. A and. Few- he looked Dame like he had, had a few. watch the game and Dame sat with us for a while. And we had this really weird interaction with this dude that like, I don't know if he was drunk or what, but like, he just could like Dame even mentioned, he's like, this guy has been like following me around and just like standing next to me for like the last 15 minutes. Mm. And then he did came to our table, did the exact same thing. He just like stood right in front of us. And Dame was like, he wasn't having it at that point. So <laughs> Like I, I just kind of you know kind of do the eh, all right guys let's uh, let it go that's and, that's when that's when Riley and, makes know, an appearance kind of you know like gets the shoulders back and I'm like all right, all right. let's uh, let's come get this guy before, uh, before it gets even before weirder. we end up on the news yeah and he ends up in the ICU so all right well appreciate you Casey everybody out there uh, the briefcase uh, Blazers balcony uh, the trail and you can again you can follow Casey across all social media uh, make sure you follow him especially on Twitter. Um, just because I know he, he likes to, he likes to fan that flame. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, Casey came in and, and really, uh, did the job for us tonight. So give him some love. My, my voice is still cooked. Um, we will not, 
we will not do a show on Christmas. I am. I we we are not doing a show on Christmas. Good for so, you guys. Man. Why are yeah. you even saying that? Like, fuck because no, people are not because doing people a show have, on Christmas. because people have already asked. We are not doing a show on Sunday. Do not, I don't care if they ask. I don't I, need to answer. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling everybody. <laughs> what are we doing? Go enjoy your Christmas. Uh, Brandon, I feel like you do this for yourself, really, because well, you I know do, I'm not doing one. Well, I mean, you know, I, mean, I, I, mean, I might get yeah, the inkling. That that's a good uh, to 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 say th- as someone who has throughout my career at times put the work too far ahead of kind of the personal mm-hmm. thing, like. Just to say it sometimes, like in a public then forum, you, then you then you have to kind of stay true. Exactly, to it. It kind yeah. of you you hold yourself to account by mm-hmm. being like, "We're not going to do this thing because, because I might." If it exactly because <laughs> the push comes to shove, and you know, like I'm looking at the clock, everyone's asleep. It's Christmas night. It's eight o'clock. I don't work Monday morning. So you know? so wait wait. So Casey, me and you agree. Danny's just saying this because he's saying it to himself, basically. Yeah. No, yeah, I hundred percent. Okay. Very good All chance right. that Dan yeah. is just <laughs> yes. It's convincing. The himself. devil on his shoulder yeah. that he's yes. not going to no. do a show on Christmas. No, yes. I, I, I have to rest the throat. I got to keep the voice at least a little bit. Um, you can find us on social media at Danny Marine, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey. You can email the show, jackramsey.gmail.com. Uh, you can find Brandon every morning, except for uh, the next couple of days. You can't find either one of us on the radio because we're not working. Uh, but normally you can find us, uh, find Brandon in the morning, 6 to 9, with his co-host, Andy Dirt Johnson. You can find me, noon to 3, with my co-host, Dusty Hera, uh, both on 1080 The Fan. Uh, other than that, thank you all. Have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. I don't know of any other holidays that are going on at this point. Whatever it is you celebrate or don't celebrate, stay safe, have fun, enjoy some Blazers basketball tomorrow night against the Nuggets. For the love of God, let's hope they win because it just makes everybody's life a whole lot easier. Uh, <laughs> other than that, we will come back probably on Monday. Is the game on the game? Monday's game is the Hornets, right? Yes. Yeah, Monday is the Hornet game. Yeah, we will. Pr- I will probably do a post game show then because I've been delaying the post games because my voice is cooked. So, um, regardless, win, loss, draw, otherwise, uh, we will probably. I will probably do a post game show that night, and then we will kind of get back on track as we head into the year. Thank you all so so very much. Have a wonderful wonderful holiday season, and uh, we will catch you all in a couple days. Take care. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.